Hi guys. Hi, welcome back. Welcome to Amy's Endless Watch List. It's been a couple of weeks, I think, since I've done a podcast or any writing in general as well. Uh, I kind of got hit in the face with life and work and exhaustion, I think, over the last couple of weeks. So I haven't had the chance to really sit down and actually properly do this. And it's really nice to actually have the time to finally catch up a little bit. I have managed to stick to my mantra of watching something off my watch list every week. However, I just haven't had the chance to catch up podcast-wise. So I've watched I've watched quite a few films off my watch list, um, a bit of a mixture of films. I just haven't had the chance, though, to like <laughs> sit down and review them all and uh, make a blog about them as well to go alongside the podcasts. I just think it's just caught up with me a bit lately. But hopefully this is the beginning of going back to weekly podcasting. So let's let's hope. Yeah, let's see. So this week I... Well, not this week. This is actually something I watched probably about two, three weeks ago. But it made such an impact on me that I just wanted to discuss it and I wanted to pick it for my next podcast kind of review and chat. And this episode, episode six, I decided to take the wonderful recommendation that Ellie gave me. Uh, Ellie, if you remember, is from episode five. Episode five is a really long uh, podcast of ours, probably an hour and a half. But it was so much fun and it was really great to have Ellie on the podcast talking about films and cinema moments and what cinema means to us. It was really delightful having her on. I hope to have her back on the podcast another time. And in that podcast, in episode five, she recommended, because we were talking in that podcast about sports movies and sports and how they inspire us and of course why they're good, you know, for storytelling. And she recommended that I watch The Dawn Wall, which is a rock climbing documentary. And so I think a few days after that podcast went out, I did just sit there one day and just decide to put on The Dawn Wall. And like, I like documentaries, like, don't get me wrong, like, I love watching documentaries about practically anything, it doesn't really matter, it could be science, it could be history, it could be sports, it could be a biography, um, but, like, in particular, like, like, I like adventurous things, like, me and Ellie, I feel, are quite similar in that way, in that we both like, like, adventure and real-life stories, and we kind of, hopefully one day, you know, I think Ellie agrees with me on this one, where we, we would like to do something together, and would like to record it, whether that's via podcast or, uh, through photography or film, we would like to go on our own adventure and kind of record it and share it with people. Just because we love the fact that this world is kind of so big, so varied, so many different people in it, so many things to see and and things to do and to try. And that's exciting to me. I've always been this kind of idea of as a kid. And I think that's why films in particular as well resonate with me because... It, it's a way of experiencing things even if you don't have the means to so like for example with documentaries you know i can't i don't i can't afford to like book a flight go halfway around the world and go do something you know 
wacky and uh, sporty or extreme or whatever it may be. I can't do that yet. I'd like to, but it's just that thing, isn't it, that cinema allows you to kind of escape in that way and to experience other people's lives or or challenges and stuff like that. It's kind of cool. And with this, like, documentary, I, I'd never heard of it, and Ellie recommended it in the last podcast, and I thought, you know what, I should give this a go, because I like documentaries. And it's on Netflix, and it was on my list. Um, I think Ellie might have put it on my list. Uh, I wouldn't put it past her, actually. She probably, she probably was scrolling through my Netflix at one point. And... I tell you what, this, I have no, first of all, I have no interest personally in rock climbing, okay, so I thought, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting, I'll, you know, watch something a bit different, I'm always open to watching something a bit different, but I tell you what, this, this documentary, this story really captured my imagination and motivation to, to try things for sure, it's a really inspiring story. And basically, I'll just go over, like, tell you what it's kind of about and then give you kind of a review of what I liked about it, I guess. And then, obviously, the next segment of the podcast will be about, uh, f- you know, other films, obviously, most likely documentaries that it reminds me of. And at the end of the uh, episode, in this episode six, I'll obviously do cinema moments, which is one of my favourite things to do. And... Yeah, so without further ado, like, The Dawn Wall, it's 2017, and it's, it's like I said, it's about rock climbing, but it's, it's so much more than that. It's, uh, Tommy, it's, like, Tommy Coldwell, uh, this, um, incredible world-class rock climber, you know, top of his game, and he basically the idea of the documentary is he wants to do this impossible climb in the uh you know yos 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 is it yosmizi i i can't never say it properly like uh yosmizi like um national park in california usa there's this part in the national park it's first of all that national park is supposed to be like the kind of mecca for rock climbing it's supposed to be like that's where you go to do this kind of world-class rock climbing and it's it's incredibly beautiful and staggeringly uh it's just enormous like these some of the stuff that they climb my god I mean it's thousands of feet up in the air it's incredible and there's this particular part that's uh El Capitan which is a certain like section of wall or rock and there's this part of the wall that's kind of almost looks completely flat and it's called the dawn wall because you know early in the morning that's where the sun hits that part of the wall first and a lot of people have climbed around it uh tommy coldwell has climbed uh a lot of a lot of things around that section of the wall and basically due to like a kind of a life-changing uh, heartbreaking um, kind of moment in his life he just becomes obsessed with this section of the wall the dawn wall that everybody assumes is impossible to climb because it you know it's basically s- straight straight up it's mostly smooth there's not much to hold on to there's not much in the way of actually trying to make a track up there and 
and he basically spends like six years working out a route to get to the top of this uh, top of this wall top of this cliff and and it's just staggering like the amount of obsessive kind of fixation on this one goal is quite you know it's just amazing to me that like to become so obsessed with something like that and to let it consume you for not just a couple of months but years like years of your life and uh, you know it's just it's just a phenomenal experience but the documentary is obviously about you know this uh, him and his partner um Kevin Georgeson they basically are doing this climb in like I think it's 2015 when they do it um when they're doing this whole climb from bottom to top without stopping that's the whole point the six years previous to that they've been basically working out the route of how they're going to climb this incredible sheer rock face and you know the documentary goes back and forth to explain obviously where Tommy where Tommy comes from his experiences and then this kind of the same a little bit with Kevin as well but it's mostly kind of Tommy's story and it's it's fascinating this guy this this very kind of I suppose originally quite a shy guy uh that's how he comes across anyway at the beginning um you know entered like a climbing competition won it became then just kind of went on a roll and became this incredible world uh you know rock climbing kind of um champion but just you know the top of his game basically like pretty incredible guy and when he was young him and a bunch of friends uh were invited like on an expedition to Kyrgyzstan uh which is kind of next to China I believe uh underneath Russia somewhere and it's there that they were going you know having some fun and you know just having a having a great time climbing some interesting you know places that obviously they'd never climbed before and unfortunately in that experience though they as a group were taken captive and by like these Kyrgyzstan rebels and uh, were captive for like six days and Tommy had to kind of make this decision when the captives like one of these captives was like walking them up the side of a mountain and it was just that that one captive left and Tommy had to make the choice of do you push him off the cliff um or do you not it's his life or their life because they you know they're carrying guns and they'd already been shot at and you know just extreme circumstances and uh, Tommy makes the decision to throw this guy off a cliff and then the bunch of friends obviously console him because it's a huge thing to decide to do after it's done and they despite being like six days like without much food or water decide to run to like a nearby military camp and are essentially rescued and taken back to the USA and it's just a phenomenal I mean that in itself is a phenomenal story um 
of survival and having to make a very hard decision in a very difficult time. And he's a young man and everybody in the documentary, like his dad, says that he came back from that experience just a completely different kind of guy. And, I mean, obviously, you just can't imagine going through something like that. And and then, basically, as the story kind of unfolds, so you got this kind of backstory being told of Tommy um, and his ex-wife as well, Beth, who was one of the captives as well. And at the same time, you've got this story of how he's trying to ascend this wall and what's led him to this wall, the dorm wall. And basically, after that experience and getting back into rock climbing, getting back into the groove, you know, him and Beth obviously were really close. And after that experience, that traumatic experience, they, you know, become inseparable, really, you know, very young, in love got married um and and they were climbing partners as well which you know it's you know spending all this time with somebody for years on end and unfortunately what leads him to go to the dawn wall is the fact that his marriage to beth who has been his partner for such a long time not just rock climbing partner but you know a personal um intimate relationship with each other through very difficult circumstances as well and they just and their relationship unfortunately their marriage breaks down and Tommy doesn't know really how to I suppose process it because he just like he said in the documentary he just kind of goes off to Yosemite National Park and you know, he's already done many climbs on this part of, like, El Capitan, the wall, and but he keeps looking at the dorm wall, and he just becomes, you know, this, you imagine you've lost, like, the love of your life, and you're heartbroken, and the life that you thought you were going to have is now not really there anymore, it's not really secure, it's, you don't know what's going to happen next now because that foundation's gone and it's fascinating that he just becomes completely obsessed with the dawn wall and it's like it's like this obsession this fixation really is him trying to digest what's happened not just the breakdown of his marriage but like the past trauma as well and but the breakup of the marriage is the is obviously the the cat the catalyst for his kind of this main challenge that he sets himself and he sets it for himself by himself at the beginning doesn't have a partner because obviously Beth isn't with him anymore and that's kind of heartbreaking um to kind of imagine just this guy, this poor guy, like, isolating himself and just becoming very fixated on this one goal, this one thing of trying to... I suppose it's like a puzzle, isn't it? You're trying... He's trying to work out in this documentary, he's trying to work out this impossible task of trying to go up this in incredibly difficult, what appears basically impossible wall. Um, 
but then he he manages he manages to do it it's like this this perseverance this incredible perseverance and just need to uh get to the end of something to to conclude something it's very inspiring and his partner was even more inspiring as well as like between you know all these things as well he he lost like tommy lost his index finger um in like a diy accident which is really unfortunate <laughs> it's not something you want to lose if you're rock climbing but yeah he loses his he loses his index finger and like the doctor turns around to him and basically says you know you're not going to climb again basically like that that's your career over and tommy just kind of says to him kind of like F you, like, you know, I'm going to sod that guy. Like, that guy knows nothing. I'm going to prove them all wrong. And he has to train his body and his hands and his thumb. And, you know, he has to he has to work really hard to keep his abilities or to expand, I suppose, his abilities to be able to climb but without his index finger. And that just in itself is just bloody crazy. Like the mind just boggles with like what people can do. Um, for that alone, I just kind of love Tommy for his kind of stubbornness, his pure kind of like no fuck you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do this. Like nobody's gonna stop me. Like, like just because I've lost this doesn't mean you're gonna take it away from me. This this one thing that I love to do, um, that's a part of me. Like no like I just I love that pure dogmatic kind of determination of just not giving a damn what anybody else is saying or advising purely on the like on the face of it because they think it's impossible and it and again that's kind of Tommy proving people wrong again and again not just with the index finger but then again with the door wall like everybody thought it was impossible to climb and he goes and he does it and it's just spectacular like it's that kind of underdog uh story which obviously is in most sports movies if not all of them and it's the main reason we like these stories like an underdog film is just so there's something so rewarding about them as a viewer at the end because you just you know if it's done right or if the people whether it's a documentary or a fiction telling uh story it's like it's like you 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 know you want to root for people like that you want to root for people to kind of push the boundaries and break the rules and prove to people that anything is possible and it's just so and there's something like you kind of share in their euphoria and joy and uh their victory when when it's achieved when whatever they aim to do is possible and it's just so entertaining to watch um there's a reason why sport is a huge part of everyday life everyday culture all around the world and it's cuz everybody in some way shape or form whether you're a you know, participant or just a, you know, a viewer, everybody in some way, shape or form, I think, can take joy in sport. Um, and it's powerful. It's very powerful. Um, in the Dormal, the documentary, obviously Tommy's the main 
the main focus because it's his first of all it's his main challenges it's you know hit the the breakup of his marriage and his you know climbing partner for years and it kind of makes him just kind of suddenly stop and focus on this one challenge this one ultimate goal um and so he's like the main focus of the documentary obviously but he has to find a new partner and the new partner is Kevin Georgeson who kind of he's an underdog in this documentary as well because he you know he's a world class like he's an he's an incredible boulder uh, climber which means he climbs kind of freehand um boulders you know up to kind of like 30 feet one like misstep or one misgrab and he literally would drop 30 feet and there's nothing to stop there's nothing to stop what's gonna you know be painful at the bottom of that so he's interesting in himself because obviously like he was like looking for like a new challenge and then he heard about you know um Tommy kind of scoping out the dorm wall and trying to work out a route and Kevin just kind of sends <laughs> sends him a message and is like you know basically looking for something new and challenging and do you need a partner and to his utter shock Tommy's like yeah come along <laughs> um and it's interesting it's kind of that's I feel like if this documentary was just about Tommy I mean it's already a winner but the fact that you've got Kevin in it as well adds an extra layer um that kind of partnership and friendship that comes across and that trust um is just phenomenal uh, I you know I can only imagine like what those guys went through and you only see any like a small portion of it in this documentary but it's it makes it makes an incredible impression. It makes you think like, oh God, I wish I could go through an experience like that and have a friend and a companion to share it with on that level. Because I think that's the thing. I think that's the whole point of the film is like, yes, achieving stuff like this, you know, the impossible kind of climb or, you know, something so difficult and challenging like okay doing it for yourself is good but sometimes sharing it as well is you know sharing experiences is what makes it special and so to have that you know that partner Kevin and then also to have his own challenges as well like he's a newbie to this whole free climbing thing and he's a newbie to you know to this type of climbing and he's got to learn it all over six years get to 2015 and they're going up on their you know on the push to do this entire wall just you know pitch after pitch after pitch and just go for it Uh, I mean I mean I don't know how Kevin like did it so quickly like I mean I know six years sounds like a long time but I tell you what to learn to the level that Tommy was at it's just phenomenal that and this newbie into that field kind of came in uh, and kind of joined the challenge is is pretty incredible but yeah I mean this so I mean obviously like this documentary is it's a mixture of stuff uh, I mean it's got a lot in it um, 
I didn't know much about rock climbing. I, st- I still don't. <laughs> but it is fascinating um, how they work out their routes. Um, I had no idea what a pitch was. Now I kind of know what a pitch is. So obviously, like, they can't obviously go up the entire wall in one day. So what they have to do is break down sections of the wall that they're going to do. And those sections are called pitches. So... You know, I think there's something ridiculous, like over 30 pitches or something in this one attempt. In this one, um, in this one climb that they do, uh, that's the focus of the documentary. And it's just, yeah, it's it's interesting, as, like, when you're watching stuff like this, whether it's... Yeah, it's just interesting, like, whether it's uh, a factual sports film or a fictional one. The kind of thing that I tend to walk away from these kind of films is the sense of uh, kind of motivation to try something. Like, even if it's something that I would never consider. So, like, I got to the end of The Dawn War and I was like, actually, I've never considered rock climbing. It would be kind of fun. I mean, no, no way am I suggesting that I'm going to do anything quite to their level. Like that's like, I'm not saying that at all, but it's just, it's just kind of interesting how sport can really inspire people to go out of their comfort zone. And I tell you what, this is definitely, definitely out of our comfort zone. I, I just don't know if any other type of movies or genres kind of do that I mean I suppose fantasy and sci-fi often do inspire me but maybe that's just because I like that kind of genre but in particular though when it comes to sports like I remember watching um the kickboxer with um Van Damme in it my mum showed it to me I probably mentioned this in the last podcast in episode five probably briefly talking with Ellie but like I, I you know I watched that kickboxing movie and it's just a classic 80s movie. It's a great sports movie. Van Damme is obviously a classic, brilliant um, martial art slash actor in it. Like, uh, you know, both a sportsman and an actor. And it did inspire me. And I did go and I went to my local leisure centre and I tried some kickboxing. And very quickly I joined a club. And before I know it, I was in that club for about two and a half years and I got about six belts. So, you know, it really is amazing to me that, you know, you can go outside your comfort zone and be inspired by this kind of stuff. I I, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying I'm going to go off and run off and do rock climbing. I'm just saying it's rock climbing is part of this film. Yes. But what's really interesting is it's all about just kind of the human spirit and the human endeavor to challenge you know to challenge yourself to push boundaries and to really like people keep saying something's impossible and yet there's always going to be that one person who thinks actually I don't think it is actually I think I could do it and that's what's inspiring and that's what is universal that's something that everybody can root for and so even if you don't like rock climbing if you have no interest in it whatsoever I would still recommend this film I would recommend it a lot. Uh, And what's really interesting about the film is that it's quite a, like, a personal journey, in particular for Tommy. But what's interesting is there's... One of my favourite parts of the documentary is where 
so there's a, there's a certain pitch that is called pitch 15 and unfortunately this is the pitch where they have to go horizontally across i think it's several several hundred feet 300 feet something like that and basically this pitch is quite difficult because it's not going straight up which is how you know you'd normally hope to be climbing because they've gone as far as they can go on one route and they've got to go horizontal across this pitch to then get to the next route, which is going to lead them directly straight up. And it's because the rock's face is so incredibly smooth and there's nothing else to really hold on to. There's like this gap. And that's what pitch 15 is. It's literally the only way to go across it is literally tiny, tiny holds, really tiny, like footing, like little bits on on this on this kind of side of a like mountain rock face and it's just incredible that you know they've got to try and get across this bit in order to make it the rest of the way uh what's interesting about this part is that tommy does it tommy tommy does it he seems to just something just goes right the day he decides to do it and he just goes across all nice and smooth and he's got it kevin unfortunately he doesn't. He he struggles. He really struggles with pitch 15. And he... It goes days and days where he just hasn't been able to do it. And it's, you know, you think about it logically. You've just got these two guys on the side of this wall trying to go up this wall. And, and it's a really interesting thing because like the media suddenly gets involved and the media kind of spin the story and start to take this drama and make well make this drama out of it in that Kevin's holding Tommy back because Tommy you know obviously wants to keep going forward and he could go forward just with Kevin kind of belaying him basically but it means that Kevin would have to stop his own climb and would just then have to be support and that would just kind of suck because obviously it's not really what the original endeavor was and it's interesting because you have this very personal project for Tommy and Kevin suddenly the media gets involved and suddenly it becomes bigger than both of them suddenly it's it's everybody else's it's somebody it's, it's it's somebody else's story and now it's it's all over the world and everybody's judging and everybody's making comments and yet they're not the ones doing it. They're not the people on the wall putting in the hard work. Years of hard work, by the way. Uh, you know, and, and it just kind of like, it's uh, one of the best moments in my mind in this documentary is where Kevin keeps trying to do Pitch 15, eventually kind of says he's going to give up on it and just help belay Tommy. Tommy climbs up several pitches higher, does really well, gets to like a ledge, like the one of the first ledges, I think, where you can actually stand up. And he gets to that point and he's he's so emotional. He's like, oh, this is amazing. But then at the same time, it's like two emotions hit him at once. He's like, he's overjoyed that he's got that far and he knows he's on the right path and he's doing it. But then he's up there and he's all by himself. It suddenly hits him like it's really sad. It's kind of really bittersweet. He's like, and he's got his friend down the bottom, Kevin, just, you know, it's it's the imagery, I think. You've got the lonely image of Tommy on this ledge suddenly realising, actually, this isn't how I imagined this part being, like, this moment. And then you've got Kevin down at the bottom, who's being incredibly supportive, 
of Tommy, but you can see that in those two images of Kevin looking up, almost in a way wishing he could be with Tommy at the same time. And and it's a brilliant show of camaraderie and friendship and partnership because Tommy then on the way back kind of is like, okay, that's it. No, I'm not going any further without Kevin. Like, I want Kevin to experience this moment. I want him to be here. Otherwise, you know, it's just going to be bittersweet all the way up. It's just, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be what I, what I wanted. And that's really, that's really, that tugs at the heartstrings. Like that's, that's, that's an incredible guy. That's a very humble guy. You know, that's somebody who's clearly, you know, yes, he's, he wants to achieve and he wants to challenge himself, but he's realizing that actually the experience of going through it with Kevin is, the most important part it's them against the wall it's it's these two guys against this challenge and then of course like in meanwhile you've got kevin who's over the past few days just looking at social media and stuck on his phone and then and then one of my favorite parts is where tommy claims that he dropped his phone and you can see the glint in his eyes he didn't drop his phone he's been climbing for like decades he hasn't dropped his phone okay he's clearly just seen the effect the media is having on not just him but kevin and how it's upsetting kevin and how it's actually damaging their experience of what they want to want to achieve and so you know i can just totally see like tommy just basically lobbing that phone off the bloody ledge where they were like the this kind of uh they make their own camp on the wall and i can just imagine him just chucking it and uh, it's a brilliant moment because you're like yes because then it brings that story back to how it should be which is about the two of them going through this journey together building for the last six years finally going up this wall together and i tell you what when when no like just to spoil it for you guys i'm really sorry but like when Kevin makes it across pitch 15, I was shouting at the screen. I was like, go on, get it. And it was so rewarding. Like I said earlier, it's brilliant because you just get that feeling like you're along with the journey with them, that you're experiencing that happy success with that guy. And it's just, oh, such a great feeling. So yeah, as you can tell, I fell in love with this documentary and Ellie... Shout out to Ellie for basically making me aware of it and sh- and telling me to go for this as something to watch. It's it's if you like I said if you don't like rock climbing, literally it's there's so much more in this documentary than rock climbing. Rock climbing is the obsession, is the challenge, yes. And I don't know how you can watch it and not be impressed that these guys are thousands of foot in the air doing what they're doing it's incredibly risky it's incredibly dangerous and it's awe-inspiring and I just think it's just it's 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 just an incredible story definitely it's it's something I'm gonna rewatch for sure it's just inspiring guys really good and so obviously for my review for this film I'm gonna give this one the cinema ticket like I would have happily have paid to watch this one in the cinema I bet on the big screen it was boring like 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 just 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 like my mouth probably would have just been open throughout like in total awe of like oh my god how high up are they oh my god what are they doing um yeah I just think 
this is totally worth a cinema ticket and the payoff and the emotion that you get from this documentary the realness of it the people and the struggles um it's it's i love true stories i think there's nothing more motivating than true stories and i think it's a brilliant sport film that shows that everyone everyone has potential endless potential and i think if you're looking for something to give you a bit of a kick to to kind of inspire you to either try something new or just to get off that couch and go outside this is the this is the documentary to watch um so moving on now to other films uh it's kind of reminded me of this is kind of an odd one actually because this 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 documentary reminded me of a documentary of mine of mine I didn't make this one uh, a documentary that I watched really late at night on BBC years ago um called Point and Shoot it's uh, 2014 and it's about uh Matthew Van Dyke uh who basically wanted to create like a like a film of himself and ended up like he's he was like a he was like a traveler uh slash kind of journalist like war journalist who wanted adventure and wanted to see the world and make an adventure so he recorded all his kind of trip like his whole trip uh around europe um uh, middle east and um and like north africa and uh, it's funny because like kind of halfway through the documentary it suddenly turns and he becomes um a rebel fighter in the Libyan revolution against Gaddafi it's just such a again a real story and I remember watching it really late at night on my dv um probably like two o'clock in the morning or something ridiculous like that it was just I don't know what it was about the documentary but I tell you what the reason i i the reason i like it and the reason i would recommend it and why this this film the dawn wall reminded me of it is because you have you have like this kind of ordinary guy like putting himself into extreme situations and really I don't want to say stepping up. It's not like that at all. It's more about the fact of this guy going through these very extreme circumstances. This guy, Matthew, who is was very shy, kind of introverted from what I can kind of remember from the documentary. He kind of seemed like a very shy guy, didn't have very many friends, was OCD, like very OCD, like would use his video camera as a way of controlling his OCD. Like he would... He'd be driving, I say driving, he'd be riding his motorbike, which is what he did. You know, he planned a motorbike trip around Europe and around Asia, not around Asia, around the Middle East. And, you know, he'd like ride over a bump, but his OCD would say, oh, you might have just hit somebody. He could be in the middle of the desert and know logically that he's not hit anyone. But because his OCD was there, he'd stop, get off his bike and record and look around to make sure that he's not hit somebody. So you have this very... At the beginning, you have this very OCD guy who is very much mothered um, back in the United States. Like, he's he admits that, you know, he didn't know how to cook for himself. He didn't know how to do his laundry. And then you have this guy going this very strange, very extreme adventure. 
and making incredible friends in Libya. And then he comes back and because he's made such a connection with these people, when the revolution starts against Gaddafi, he decides to just get on a plane and go back out there and to not only be a part of the revolution, but to actually record it all as much as possible. So he's got a rifle in one hand and a camera in the other. And it's just an extraordinary story about this guy who you would never in a million years, I think, at the beginning of the documentary, assume is going to do what he does. And again, I think it just comes back to this idea of the kind of the human spirit and the how surprising I think all of us can be. And again, coming back to potential, the idea of you can literally do anything you set your mind to. Like this guy really wanted an adventure and he decided to go off and get one. What's obviously more interesting is by making connections and making real friendships when he's out there, he then finds his own calling in being like, actually, no, like I can't just sit and watch the news and see my friends get shot on TV. Like I have to be there. I have to document this. I have to be a part of this. I can't just watch. And there's something about that in in that documentary, Point and Shoot, that I don't want to say it appeals to me, but it just, something resonates with me about it. This idea of, like, uh, like I myself, I really do love adventure. I think that's why I love movies, like I said earlier. <clears throat> I love being teleported somewhere elsewhere and being able to experience all these different things because the world is big and, you know yeah we've got one life might as well try and live it to the fullest and I'd really like to go on some adventures myself and I think that's probably why the documentary the beginning of it really appeals to me anyway the idea of you know this very shy guy going on these uh motorbike adventures but more than that is the fact of obviously the actual human that human ability to connect with people from different cultures and then to kind of have that calling of actually like, oh, actually, no, I want to I wanna take part in something bigger than myself. And he admits as well, like he went from this very selfish guy who wanted to make a wanted to make a film about himself and his own adventures to actually being this guy who wanted to film the realities of what was happening in Libya, uh, happening to his friends, happening to, you know, people he knew. And, you know, so it's kind of like the film goes from one very selfish kind of boyish kind of outlook on life to a very mature uh, kind of a bit more uh, aware I suppose as an adult and it's just a very interesting documentary um I would recommend it it's um it's something that I rewatch every now and then and I just find it interesting it's just really different from another documentary I've seen so far but I must admit I I need to I need to watch more documentaries and I've I've not watched that many documentaries in the cinema actually which is something I should do um because there are some great ones I mean obviously like I mean talking about the dawn wall earlier another one that's on my list is free solo and Tommy Coldwell is actually in free solo um talking about obviously the guy that then did uh, the same part of the wall, the El Capitan, but did it without, I think he did it without ropes, didn't he? He did it without, like, bee-lying, uh, bee-laying or something like that. And it's just like, I mean, that free solo movie is on my list. And it's on my list 
I mean, it's on my list now anyway because of the Dawn Wall, because now I'm suddenly like, what, this is actually quite fascinating. Like, why would you climb up, a, like, a wall like this? Uh, it's so dangerous. And then Free Solo is, like, this guy doing it, like, without ropes. <laughs> it's just insane. Um, that's also the movie, actually, that won the Oscar earlier this year for uh, Best uh, Documentary Feature, I believe. So that's another reason to watch it. Um so yeah, so that's on my list. Obviously, I can't recommend that yet, but, you know, that's that's another film to be discussed, isn't it? So, But anyway, moving moving swiftly on to cinema moments now. Um, like I said, I haven't watched that many documentaries actually in the cinema, which is quite bad, actually. I don't think I have. Uh, I tend to watch documentaries, I guess like a lot of people, on TV. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but... I suppose it would be interesting to watch something like The Dawn Wall. Something like that on a big screen would be quite impressive. Um, just the some of the shots that they get. And you have to think as well that the cameramen have to be... The cameramen have to be, like, <laughs> on ropes beside these climbers doing incredible things. Like, how they got those images, like, and shots are... I mean, it's just phenomenal um, what these cameramen went through. Um, but I think if I, if I can go back to cinema moments, if there's one documentary I do remember watching, I was at my, um, I was doing my master's degree a couple years ago and there was, uh, a friend of mine on my course called Adriana. And I don't know, um, I don't know if she's still in Southampton, but Basically, uh, she used to go to the smaller, uh, kind of more, I think, is it independent? I don't know. But it's it's a picture house in Southampton called the Harbour Lights, I believe. And it's a, it's a lovely cinema. It's really cool. It shows kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It kind of shows like independent films as well as the mainstream, like artsy films as well as the mainstream. And it's a beautiful cinema, really, really comfortable, really nice. And we went to go see Marlon, uh, a Marlon Brando documentary. She wanted to see it. And I don't think anybody wanted to go, like, to see it from our class, I don't think. I, I don't remember. And I was, like, a little bit, like, taken back. Because, like, this documentary was... It was interesting because, like, I mean, I knew a little bit about Marlon Brando. I knew, obviously, he was a Hollywood actor. Um... And very well, like known and and uh, and you know, those who have worked with him always, you know, talked in high esteem of him and stuff like that. And I I like a lot of his movies. I've studied a lot of his films, um, for A levels as well as my degrees. And, but it was interesting. The documentary for this, it was basically Marlon Brando, um, used to record, uh, on old. I don't know if it was tapes or if it was actually older than that, um, kind of. But he recorded his thoughts and his his ideas or his random, just anything that kind of came to his mind. And he recorded himself uh, throughout the years, um, which is quite an incredible thing to be able to get into somebody's head in that way. And the documentary is kind of going from his life through Hollywood and then past it really um going into the personal and I just remember it was 
it was quite a somber documentary and a lot of stuff unfortunately um like Marlon Brando's children um I believe they died before he did and you know he he obviously like was a bit of an eccentric and didn't as far as I can remember from the documentary didn't live near the end of his life anyway didn't live um like in LA or anything like that he it was kind of like a recluse away from some of the stuff um didn't have a great relationship with his father and stuff like that and the documentary all I remember was in the cinema like it was just such a somber documentary like I remember coming out of that doc like that film and being like I don't want to sound like like I'm bumming out the documentary itself, but I really came out depressed. Like I was like, it was you know you you, this documentary summed up somebody's life, and in particular, some of it near the end was really really heartbreaking, and you got some of it from Marlon Brando's point of view as well with the tapes which would play, and that was, it was it was both it was both. Uh, a good experience I feel and also a little bit of a down experience it's like something like if you're gonna watch something like that you better watch something very happy and enthusiastic afterwards because otherwise you'd just be thinking very depressing thoughts for <laughs> the next like few hours um and I've never had a like I don't know like I, I mean obviously movies affect you emotionally anyway but I'd never had I suppose because I'd never watched a documentary in a in a theatre that big before, it just had a bit of an effect on me in that somebody could summarise somebody's life and tell you all the details that were not so pleasant and just leave you, just leave the audience kind of very um, sad and kind of made you think about, well, what would some... Kind of made me think, like, well, what would somebody say about my life, like, in a film? Like, how would they summarise my life? And it does... I think sometimes when I look back on it, I'm like, uh, was it it a good documentary? I feel like the documentary was kind of missing the point of what it was trying to make. But if it was going for honesty, I feel like it went there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was just... I've never had an experience like that where, like, I was so bummed out for, like, probably a good 24 hours, 48 hours afterwards. And... All I would recommend is, like, when you're going to watch something and you know it might bum you out, just make sure that you're prepared for um, feeling the effects of the film afterwards. Um, Even if it was a great movie, sometimes it can still be a sad, like, you don't want to be bummed out for days afterwards. It's nice that a movie can make you think and make you feel. But with that one in particular, I remember thinking, how do I shake this off? Like, how do I how do I shake this off? I don't know how Adriana felt about that experience. Um, I'll have to ask her. (laughs) But I just, I just remember being like for two days after that, after that uh, cinema moment, I just remember being bummed out (laughs) for ages, like about life and like, kind of like, what's the point? Um, And yeah, I don't know. It was it was a different it was a very somber cinema experience. I wish I could tell you a different one for a documentary, but that one in particular is what sticks with me. Um 
next week maybe I'll discuss some I'll obviously discuss something else but yeah it's an odd one I don't know how I like to end this podcast now because now I feel like I'm bumming out the podcast um but it is it, I don't know it just to this day when I look back on that cinema experience I think wow it's pretty impressive that I wasn't that invested in the documentary and it still managed to completely drain me um it's inc- I, I think that's what impresses me about cinema and film is it's can be so impactful and you don't even realize it like you don't even realize the impact that you have having said that though <laughs> to try and end it on a slightly high like on a slightly better note me and ellie recently saw the incredible um avengers endgame now i'm not going to spoil it for anyone i'm not that kind of person but you know it's like you know i i'm a huge marvel fan i'm a huge comic book fan and i've been following these films for a long time and so to watch endgame a couple of weeks ago was really emotional <laughs> and i mean it's a great movie full of action comedy and you know loads of good drama loads of good performances a brilliant conclusion of 22 films and God, just an array of characters that you love so much. It's brilliant. It's thoroughly well done. Like the Russo brothers did their job. Well done. But in going back to how cinema affects you, <laughs> even though I was completely happy with how that film went, uh, and how it, you know wrapped up several things and and what happened in the movie, I came out of that film and I literally could not talk because I was so emotional from just I mean it's three hours long a lot of stuff happens in it guys and when you've been following these films for such a long time and you're a fan of the comics as well it's just so emotional like to just watch this kind of ending unfold and have to say goodbye to a few people and have to realize that now that's the end of an era and what a brilliant way to go out it was great but I literally me and Ellie were walking down the street and we couldn't normally we come out of a cinema a film and we're like oh this was awesome or that bit was awesome or I'm not too sure about this bit like we normally have a good chat about things (laughs) but on this occasion we were trying to talk but I think we were both so emotional we just couldn't get our words out I was pretty much crying whilst walking down the street which sounds really immature or over the top and stuff like that but I tell you what that's when a film has really done its job it's done what it set out to do like it lived up to the hype it's made all this bloody money and and hats off to the Russos I think they did a great job so it just (laughs) it was just really funny though like the effect of cinema like I couldn't talk for a while because I was just trying to digest it all and I think me and Ellie, like, we didn't have any plans afterwards. And then we came back to my house and we just couldn't... I think even when we were a bit better in terms of, like, emotions, we still couldn't bring ourselves to talk about the film like we normally would. Because it just... It meant so much to us. And, um yeah, so that's... I mean, that's another... And that stayed with me for a few days as well, because it was funny, it was so funny, because Ellie would, like, message me with, like, oh, there was, like, a meme or something going around where it's, like, somebody put up on Twitter, there's, like, an end game, like, 
epidemic going around where you stop and you think about a character that you love in that movie and it just or a scene in that movie and suddenly you just break down and and get all emotional and like (laughs) even though it's just a tweet like Ellie sent that to me and I think it was like that that wonderful realization of having somebody else who loves the film and characters as much as you do completely understanding (laughs) and then sending that that meme or that tweet to me a few days later being like this is us don't worry it's not just it's not just us there's other people around this world who love them just as much as we do so I was like phew that makes me feel better so yeah it's amazing what cinema can do and have an effect on you I think it's it still surprises me and I think that's what's wonderful about it um but yeah I mean you guys will have to let me know what you think of this podcast and what you think of the dawn wall if you give it a chance and give it a watch it's on netflix i highly recommend as you can probably tell um like i said i'd recommend it i'd give it a cinema ticket uh let me know as well if you'd be interested in watching point and shoot i don't think it's on netflix or amazon i think amazon you can buy it and that's an interesting one i i would highly recommend if I get the chance to watch Free Solo, I will definitely let you guys know and let you know if it's worth watching and if it was worth the Oscar that it won. I'm sure it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, have you ever had cinema kind of affect you so emotionally? Like, I hope I'm not the only one. <laughs> Maybe I'm just very in touch with my emotions lately. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I mean, feel free, guys, to... Like, I'm going to try and get this podcast up over the weekend and I will obviously put up like a blog post to go with it with like a little summary of what was in this. Uh, Really hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, It's good to be back. It's good to be recording again. Uh, If you need to contact me and let me know what you think of any of the films that we've discussed so far or ones I've reviewed or recommended or if you've got ones that you want to recommend, feel free to. Uh, I'm going to be, for this podcast, I am on Twitter at Amy Endless. And if you want to go check out the blog, it's uh, amyendlesswatchlist.home.blog. That's amyendlesswatchlist.home.blog. Uh, I will put links to all this, hopefully, in the description with the podcast as well. So be sure to check it out. And uh, yeah, let's talk more movies in future. See you later, guys. <laughs>